Hi everyone, this is Chalk Talk Insurance. This is episode two. We're talking about being an insurance advisor. Um, welcome to episode two. I'm CJ Griffin. I'm here along with Mike Stein and Jack Griffin. Um, I think we should just dive right in. Um, kind of, uh, Mike, we'll start with you on sure. the uh, difference between being an advisor instead of an agent. Uh, an advisor, I believe, plays a hand in your actual business life, how you view them like a doctor, like a CPA. You're, you truly believe that you need their help and their assistance. Uh, most of my clients uh, could get the policies that I'm selling them just about anywhere. Um, there isn't that much different between products that we have that our competition doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think they've they've chosen to to be here and to have me involved because we spend the time talking to them about the risks, being involved on how that affects their business, um, making sure that we've asked questions that maybe other agents haven't asked in the past, and telling them when I disagree. Um, I think sometimes the best thing you can do for clients is tell them that you know you believe they're making mistakes if they don't do A, B, and C. Um, because I think a lot of times when we're in the sales process, people are so excited or they're so uh, invested in trying to get the sale or win the account that they don't necessarily coverage but point out the things where people are making mistakes and saying hey you know what you need to review how much you're going to insure your house for mm-hmm. do you have an extra hundred thousand dollars laying around in the event that you're underinsured mm-hmm. did you you know did you realize a b and c were consequences of uh, a poorly put together insurance plan and i think sometimes when you push back at people you you make them question and say okay all right well maybe there's more to this maybe I need to reevaluate. I think sometimes that um, an agent would be, you know, maybe happy with winning the home and leaving the auto on the table, or you know, just being uh, getting out of the situation with some sort of them. I think sometimes a, a good advisor would ask more questions and, and question people, yeah. make them make think, them think twice. And I think a, a difference is too is, is the constant communication because I know we've talked about that you do reviews. We do with clients. I know you send out letters um, as well. I do kind of a little bit of both. Um, could you go into that process a little bit too? Because sometimes people are, when they have an agent, they sign the papers and then they never talk to them again. So we've, some that I've seen. We've used uh, constant contact in the last few years um, to really kind of be that third party uh, for us to set those appointments. Um, it's amazing, you know, you get into the business and you don't have that many clients right. and you're making those phone calls yourself and your percentage mm-hmm. of, of hits and appointments that you're setting goes through the roof because you're the one making the phone calls. Right. And then as time goes and your book grows and it becomes harder to call everybody, you bring in a company to do that and sometimes it becomes harder to get in front of, of all of the clients and some of the clients that you need to be in front of don't always um, want to get in front of you every year. Um, but uh, they've done a really good job. They're actually uh, um, have a great script and they're, uh, they go in, they schedule the appointment um, and that, that has been helpful. Um, 
definitely can tell uh, some of my older clients are more interested a lot of the times in and uh, coming back in and sitting back down and having a conversation. I think that's, you know, just uh, maybe who they are and, and where they are in life that sometimes they have a little bit more time yeah. uh, on some of that stuff. And uh, um, again, a lot of those relationships have been over 10, 15 years and yeah. a lot of those have transitioned to from uh, writing the business to, you know, how are their grandkids doing yeah. or, or... You know them by name. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I think those are the things that have a little bit different. Talk about the agent versus advisor role, Jack. Well, I think the um, there's a, a few lines that I like to use, and uh, especially the clients I currently have. And when we talk about making sure you have the proper coverages, I said I'm I'm more important than your doctor, your attorney, or your dentist. Right. I says because when when there's something wrong, and you have to see those guys, you have to get your checkbook out. When something goes wrong with us, we have a really big checkbook if we need it for you. And there's the difference. It says what I'm suggesting for each client, <clears throat> there's a reason for. And each client is individual. Their, their need is individual. So what you, your suggestions that you offer them are individual. And, it's, and, and each client likes the fact that you, you do that. That's the difference between a transactional agent <clears throat> and an agent like myself that likes to meet with the people. And I mean, I met with a guy today, 78 years old. We took an hour and we talked about insurance for five minutes. But he's been with me how many years? He, I owed him that. Most transactional agents would take your money and say, I'm on my way to an appointment and not see them at all. Those people remember that and they refer you business. And I don't, I, I, I don't mind 70 year olds. They drive 12 to 15,000 miles a year, they don't get in car accidents, yeah. and they pay their bills on time. Um, and it's because you spend time with them, they're important to you. My father taught me a long time ago that. Um, the person that pays you the least amount of money in insurance is equally as important as the person that pays you the most. The reason is is because it, it can change in a heartbeat. Yeah. Change them all the same. Like they're like they're they're all have equal importance. And also, do you guys see kind of um, a little bit more on the advisor role? Do you, especially with the amount of people that we know, do you see people asking you for recommendations other than insurance, like an HVAC guy, a painter? Um, Things like that. Do you have people constantly? Right. We, we we have clients that call us and, and ask us if they should lease or, or buy cars outright. Right. I mean, it's it's amazing uh, that you know the the way that some of your clients kind of perceive you and ask for your knowledge and well, what do you know about roofing and and uh, who who do you know who does this and uh, you know, do you know anybody that you know remove does tree removal? Yeah. And it's uh you really do for a lot of people uh, become a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very unique. Uh, you and I have talked about this, Jack, about uh, our industry. You have to know a little bit about everything mm-hmm. uh, because uh, whether you're dabbling in tree trimmers or contractors or bakeries, you're, you're learning a little something from them all along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're meeting all these different people. And uh, constantly when you're talking to clients, things pop up and say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I insure Bob and he does, you know, kitchen uh, uh, commercial Grade uh, equipment repair, mm-hmm. and I insure fourteen restaurants now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that's an easy referral for me to give out. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, uh, being able to help your clients and help your clients grow because you insure other clients that need their services, and uh, um, that has been the thing that I never really understood that much about is being able to continue to pass that around, um, and they appreciate that too. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. Well, I, well, it's like a, a painter that we've used for years and years and years. 
uh, one of my friends who runs all the YMCA's sure. calls me up and says, I need a painter. I said, call this guy. And he's, and he's been the one doing all the painting for them and he's out in Portland. He could pick a hundred guys in Lansing, but he, he took our suggestion um, and has been very comfortable with it since. Um, I have a guy on my bowling team that was looking for a car. His car got totaled. And he asked me, I said, you call this guy. Called that guy. And against his uh, in-law's wishes, he bought the car because he trusted our judgment. Well, Known him a long time. He said, I told my in-laws this is a trusted friend. I trust his judgment. If he trusts this guy, I do. Those are the things that keep you coming back. Yeah. And, and you feel good about it. You do feel good about that yeah. stuff. And I got, Absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's lawn mowing guys or, or guys that plow or whatever the case may be. If somebody needs help and you can help them, they remember, they remember that and they, and they tell other people as well. That kind of gets us to kind of the difference between a relationship and a transactional yeah. experience, too. Um, I think obviously there's going to be a little bit of both. I think you can't get away from that. Do you guys agree? I agree. Yeah. Um, especially with the age range, people more my age are a little bit more transactional. Um, but I think some of that changes over time, though, CJ. I mean, when I was when I was you know new in the business too, a lot of that uh, was very transactional, and those really? people. Uh, now are some of my very best clients because I've been with them for 15 years and 17 years, 18 years coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, getting to know them and, you know, watching their kids grow up and hearing about their camping and their fishing stories. And then... Those kind know, of grown into a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, absolutely. Um, definitely. And, uh, you know, as you kind of get older and mature and you find... Uh, you know, you've got more stuff in common that, that just kind of uh, evolves. I think uh, I think it can start off transactional, um, but I think it you know it can evolve into relationship you know over time. And I would say I've had a lot of that um, as you continue to show up and do your job and educate and uh, inform and 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 give good advice. I think a lot of those transactional, as they have more money, as they start appreciating you know you and your role, I think. I think that evolves, it changes. With me, it's, it's pretty simple. If um, uh, With clients, that, the more products they buy from you, the more you know that they're comfortable with you. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the young agents, they're, they're the young clients are, are, are just different. The young clients that are children of your clients are different than the people that come in on their own. Uh, it, it takes them time to learn uh, what, what matters. And usually it's a claim that's significant if someone's 26 years old and you take really good care of them, the relationship changes. Relationship changes. Uh, they understand that it doesn't matter how old I am, it's a matter of taking care of each client when something bad happens to the best of your ability. Um, and I do know this, the clients that have two pieces of business with me are less likely to stay 10 years than the people that have three pieces of business. And if they have life insurance with me, the chance of them staying 10 years or longer is, is in the 90 to 95% range. And so you're, you're trying to take care of their needs and the products that you offer them and they decide that they're, they're going to consider and purchase continues to solidify the relationship and it's it stopped being transactional by any stretch of the imagination and it becomes a personal relationship. So how do you adapt to, since we've got three generations here, how do you adapt to each one and each kind of style of person? So people in their 20s and 30s, you know, you're going to have to sell to them differently. 40s and 50s, you're gonna have to sell to them differently. How do you, how do you pivot? Um, for me, being the youngest one, especially, 
I have, I have the toughest time with my older clients, with my um, 60 and older clients. That's where I have the toughest um, for right now, at least. I think it'll come with experience too, and the way that we treat them and how the relationship grows. Um, but their tender love and care is a little bit different than uh, a 30 and 40 year old to me. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, for me, um, uh, it's just it's different. I, I think uh, where I'm at in my career, it's easier for me to relate to um, people, um, clients my same age and those that are a little bit older, uh, my parents' age. Right. Um, you know, because um, I've been in the business now 18 years, so I think a lot of that has kind of evolved over time. I, I struggle with the 25 to the 26, the 27 year olds that have bought their first house. That is, that is uh, something that I'm trying to figure out how do I relate more to, you know, and uh, how do you make uh, their buying experience easy yet educate them on, you know, the importance of some of these things and, and not be transactional, right? right? Um, because eventually, if it's just transactional, they're they're going to leave at some point. Yep. So, Quickly. Um, but no, I I I I do very well with um, I think the people my age, and then and then just a little older. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Learning to speak every generation's language is critically important. Yeah. The twenty-five to thirty-five year old, you're not going to get them on the phone. You have to text them, and that's happening more and more, even with the older generation sure. as well. But be able to speak their language is critically important. I had to learn that, especially with the young folk. If you call them, they're not going to pick up. If you text them, they'll text you back immediately. And you have to understand. You have to be ready for that, know that, and be prepared to have to uh, handle things differently than you would have ten or fifteen years ago. Your old, my see, the my older clients are the easiest because they've been with you. They know what to expect. Sure. You know, some guys go out and see their farmers every two years and do their farm personal over with them. We don't do that. They trust us enough. We'll send out their old farm personal, the new farm personal, have it get, please get it back to us in two weeks. And they get it back to us in two weeks. We get everything all updated. I don't have to bother them for two hours. They're happy. I get everything taken care of. And it's a matter of being able to adapt with uh, what each client wants, each client needs, and the, and, the, and the age groups matter. You have to adapt to them. Your age group in the 40s is much different than the people in the 50s. Your age group in the 30s, you just have to be willing to say, all right, what can, it's not a matter of tolerating anything, it's a matter of, if a 30-year-old comes with two little children, you're gonna talk about life insurance, first thing I say is that we have 20 minutes. Because the kids, are, you only get, these kids yeah. are gonna be running yeah. around yeah. after 10 or 15 minutes, so we need to get down to work so you can go home. And being able to adapt, being able to know that, they know that, and so they can have concentration on what you're talking to them about for 15 or 20 minutes. Your 60-year-olds, they, they, they don't, there's no kids around, so it doesn't matter. But being able to adapt in, in this business is probably the most important thing at, 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 after you're established. So what would you say was kind of that moment that hit you that said, I need to adapt, I need to try something different, this isn't working? It was one of your friends. Was it? It was, because they wouldn't return my phone calls. And I finally said, if they're not going to return my phone calls, I don't want them. And I wrote them a letter saying, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they called my company. 
they called my management team and they called uh, they said I wasn't a very good agent and and I asked them to leave and they went with another agent which was fine uh, your mother your mother uh, your mother <laughs> That's true. Your adopted mom. It <laughs> says, you, and she was absolutely right. And I had to think about it for two minutes. You have to learn to adapt. I said the younger generation does everything with their with their fingers by text. And the next time I, I had a situation like that, I texted them. They texted me right back. And even old dudes have to learn. Yeah. And it was the best, probably one of the best lessons I ever learned. It was the best advice your mother ever gave me in the church business. Mike. Uh, when did I feel I have to adapt? When did you, wait, was when? there a moment that hit and all of a sudden you said, I really need to adapt or I'm doing, I need to do something differently with people in their 50s and 60s or I need to do something differently with people that are younger than me? Um, I don't know that I've, I've had that, that kind of thought process yet, but I would say that I've, I've continued to change and adapt my business every year. Um, that is, it has changed a lot over the last you know years I used to um, chase you know more mortgages uh, and mortgage leads and I really just have a couple buddies uh, that work at Flagstar that you know we work with now um, it, I think when you get into the business you think that that's going to be the easy the golden goose and you find out um, sometimes that that isn't the right fit for you and your agency um, but one of my buddy, two of my buddies, uh, you know, send me really great clients, and they're always consistent, and they're just great people to work with, and that has been one that I've, you know, kind of continued. But my business has changed a little bit every year. Um, this past year, uh, I started walking into commercial risks that I didn't insure, telling them who we are and what we do, and I'd love to visit with them and. When could I call them? And shockingly, they are incredibly receptive to this. Uh, it is not the phone call. You will not get the owner on the phone. But if you take the time and you drive over there and if you go to a restaurant and you go in at two o'clock after their breakfast and lunch and while they're cleaning up, calling it a day, you will find the owner in there. And uh, they are very receptive to talking to you. Um, you just have to know who they are in their business and go at the right times and, and eat there. And um, that is something I've done this year and I've had a lot of success. Um, but I got to a point where I wasn't getting enough people on the phone anymore. Right. And uh, it's easy to uh, not return emails. It's easy to not return cell phones, but they have a very hard time of telling you, you know, to uh, get the hell out when you're walking there in front of them. So um, that has been something that I've adapted this year and um, trying to make that a habit, weekly habit of going into five or ten new businesses. So, so you've changed your prospecting each year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And are you seeing uh, doing multiple touches on that too? Yeah. Maybe, hey, just getting the owner's name at first going again saying hey, well, a lot of this information you can already find out right. online you can you can uh, do a little bit of homework and we've we've done that my my interns uh put me in a, a really good position they mm -hmm. they look at facebook they look at you know bsna they uh, use the state of michigan's websites to our advantage and uh, uh you can already know quite a bit about people before you walk in and, and know sure. um whether or not you've got a great chance at having a conversation 
and uh, uh, we've been able to do that, and that's that's been fun. It's actually been the thing that's kind of you talked about being uh, reinvigorated or rejuvenated about you know the industry, and that's kind of one thing that has kind of flipped back for me this year that uh, I've just had a lot more fun walking into places. Are you seeing a lot of referrals from those types? Yeah, of, absolutely, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Surprise um, when you walk in, they let you in. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, how do you prospect? Have you done it the same way? How do you have you changed it? You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I wish I had a good answer for that because my philosophy of uh, getting appointments is, is different probably anybody in the company. I, I get up on Monday morning and the only goal I have for the whole day is to have four appointments for the next week. Doesn't matter what they are. So you're already prospecting that Monday for the next Right. Monday. I only prospect a week in advance, typically. Mm-hmm. And then on, on Tuesday, you know, because I have appointments during the week, too, but mm-hmm. on Tuesday, my goal is to get three more appointments. My goal on Wednesday is to have 10 appointments for next week. My goal on by, uh, by Friday is to have 12 to 15 appointments for the following week. Yeah. I don't care what they are, how they are, and sometimes I don't know how I get them. You just do. Um, but but I have a I have, on my uh, calendar, I have a list of people every week on Monday who to call. And over the course of the day, you have 30, 40, 50 phone calls. You're going to have more people to talk to. It just happens because sure. your book is large enough. Yeah. But And then when it comes to uh, businesses, because, we write, we, you know, we, uh, because we're looking for all different types of things to write, sometimes they're farms, sometimes they're, uh, uh, they're, they're uh, commercial business, sometimes it's life insurance, sometimes it's just home and auto, we don't care. It's just to be, I don't do I don't do leads. No, we do ask for referrals, um, but uh, our book is large enough where uh, stuff just happens to, you know, where you might get two or three appointments every week from 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 a phone call from a, a referral. No. What so. would you do when you were a younger agent and you didn't have that? Well, back in the day, everybody had their name on their on their mailbox, and everybody's name was in the phone book, and we'd go out and. Uh, we would look at homes, take the names down, look up the, uh, 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 the people's name in the, the telephone book, and we'd send them a letter and then follow up with a phone call the following week. And we'd send out 15 letters a, a week, and you'd get 25 to 35 uh, X dates every uh, month, and, uh, and if you continue to do that, you always had someone to talk to. Well, today it doesn't work like that. You, you can't do that. I believe that was... The good old days. That's what they were for, the good old days. Was that after the depression? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> CJ, how do you do it? Um, I try to mix in a couple different things. Um, I th- one thing I've taken from Jack is the uh, breasters mm-hmm. aspect. Yeah. I still do that. Send out a certain amount of letters per week and call on on those. Um, um, I use when I first started. I did try to take some leads just to kind of get that people to try to get to yeah. the people you I need practice talking to people yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and, and leads does that yeah mm-hmm. puts you on the phone in a position to do that yeah and now I do use one lead service that will send me I have it filtered for to have three cars home ownership and married as well so I, I probably get one one or two a week yeah. from that but that still gets me in the door sure that's what, that's what we're doing too right yeah yeah mm-hmm. what's the su- what is the success rate with that Probably in the past year, past year we had a good year with that. It was probably 30% oh, wow. on that. Um, where the old lead service, where I was just trying to take as much as I could, 
was in the lower fives, <laughs> probably, because I wasn't putting a filter on it. <coughs> See, and I give all these those to Steve. I don't do those anymore. I give we those send a lot of that to Steve, solicitor, too. Our solicitor. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, okay. and also I was doing, I did the um, uh, letters that I would put in the, in the uh, commercial mailboxes mm -hmm. for the people. I, my very first client was from that, and now I insure her and the condo association. <coughs> yeah. for, so I thought um, that was pretty cool. I also use Facebook mm -hmm. a lot too, Facebook Messenger. I just text people, random people. Um, some people tag me in when people put their status that they're bitching about their insurance. People will tag me um, in that. Um, I've also gone <laughs> door to door too, especially because I'm right downtown Howell um, as well. I, I haven't done that as of late, but it is something I would like to, with what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to do that more. It's funny because once you start walking into a place, it's uh, and you have a little bit of success. You want to walk into the next four or five yeah. places. Um, most people have to deal with insurance, whether they like it or not. Right. And, and somebody willing to take a little time to give them a an honest opinion. I think a lot of people weren't that and, and feel that that is you know valued. So well, success breeds success too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And especially, you know, you talk about the, the small towns that some of us live and work in, and, you know, you're in talking to one of your clients and eating lunch, and two of your other clients walk in, and, you know, they start to realize that you do business with them, too. And, uh, it again, it's the validation of, oh, did that person make the right choice of working with me? And, and uh, so I think those things help. When you're prospecting, um, like, let's say they say no the first time and then you call them a year later, they say no. How many chances do you normally give people when you're prospecting, you say, you get their X date, right? But how, how often, how many chances do you give them? Well, I have a, one of my favorite stories is that I, there was an older farmer that had met with my CPA, mm -hmm. and he called me and there was a problem with a life insurance policy, and the agent told me he couldn't transfer it to an annuity, and I found out later why. But there was a large farm right down the street, and it was used to be his, his son owned it. <clears throat> so the next day, I called his son up, and I, I, I said, hi, this is Jack Griffin, uh, this is Mike Hogan. He said, I know who you are. I said, well, I, you have a beautiful farm, and I just wondered if you'd have an interest in letting us look at your farm the next the next time the insurance comes out. He goes, no. Okay. I care if I call you next year? He goes, no. So I called him the next year, and I said, Mike, this is Jack Griffin. He says, I remember who you are. I said, I just wonder if you'd allow us to take a look at your farm insurance uh, uh, when it comes due again this year. He goes, no. I said, Mike, I'm going to call you every year until you tell me you don't. So I called him the next year, and I, he picked up the phone, and I said, Mike, he goes, Jack. <laughs> and he said, uh, I said, are you interested this year of having us take a look? And he said, if you give me one more year, the answer is yes. So I went out the, the next year. I took our vice president of claims out, and he says, I don't care what kind of credits you need. You can have whatever you want. Uh, we wrote the business. His, his former agent called me up and said, what, what, I, what did I do? Because we were friends. And I've had the business for 25 years. You can't be afraid to, if someone says no the first time, because they might say yes later. And I've had that happen a lot. Steve uh, from our office that works with Jack and I, um, I hold on to almost every client that we've quoted that we didn't write. Right. I keep them in big accordion files, and no matter Steve, if it's home and auto or yep, commercial, all that doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, if if it, if I felt like they appreciated and we had a great conversation, mm -hmm. and um, 
I thought there was a possibility there. So funny story about uh, that is that uh, I've held on to almost every home and auto quote that we've done over the last 10 or 15 years right. on uh, clients that uh, we had good conversations with. They thought there was an opportunity there. Well, um, Steve has been working some of that stuff this year mm -hmm. and uh, we've sent Tom and his wife probably nine or ten quotes in the last ten years yeah. and uh, still had his phone number still had his email um, Steve sent him a quote and called him and this was the year that we finally wrote it so it's just uh, some of that stuff does not happen in the first or the second year at uh, ten years later people still remember you know took the time and did the job and Steve did a great job and, and we closed it but my first biggest uh, commercial client that I'd written uh, I had gotten four or five no's back to back to back and the final year and we've had the client maybe eight or nine years um, went out and we wrote it and um, you know they've been a client for eight or nine years now so um, I'll hold on to it if the client is was receptive and you had great conversation and they understood it for whatever reason it didn't work out well we'll hold on to that stuff for a while I didn't hold on commercial. Yeah. Yeah, a little longer than one personal yep. stuff. Uh, there's an, uh, especially if you have a good conversation. Yeah. If you don't have a good conversation, I mean, I had one uh, not too long ago. It was an electrical, uh, uh, two guys that own an electrical company together, and uh, uh, it was out at the guy's house. He had a big pole barn. They were doing business out of it. And I, there, I talked to one owner, and someone else was talking to the other owner, and I told the one owner, I said, you got a problem. They says, you have contents coverage there and because one of the owners owns the building, you have to cover the building under the commercial. And that's when the conversation stopped and I, and I didn't hear from them after that. I told them something they didn't want to hear. Yeah. And they went with the easy route. Yeah. And the easy route is going to be the tough route in case something really bad happens out there. Yeah. And those are the ones that you don't quote again. You nope. walk away and you just say, nope, if you're not going to, take, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm not interested. One thing I want to uh, talk about especially with kind of us, what we're going to do in the future is kind of that agent and agent relationship that you have um, working together on cases. How often do you talk to other agents, um, especially with even their practices or advice, things like that? Because um, I know we talk, we talk once a week yeah. lately as well. I talk to Father you, Jack, all the time. So I just kind of want to hear that from both of you. Yeah. Um. I have a core group of agents that I speak to on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's to uh, celebrate wins. Sometimes it's to commiserate on losses right. and, and struggles and uh, perspectives on how to handle things. Mm -hmm. How should I have handled things? This is how I handled it. And sometimes the phone gets quiet. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, I think that uh, that camaraderie, that relationship on you know, people that you can trust and that you can bounce ideas off of. And, and um, you know, I, I uh, because I'm an emotional person, I feel like I ride that roller coaster of sales and success and highs and lows more than maybe other people do. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, I have a core group of, of agents and, and friends that, you know, I kind of rely on to, you know, uh, Keep me even keel, I guess, yep. is the easiest way to say it. And, uh, 
you know, when you think the sky is falling, you look around and you had a bad day, but so many other people have had worse days that you uh, tend to shut up real quick and just go back to work. Yeah, I mean, I talk to the, just like you, the core yeah. group of, of people almost every day to bounce ideas or even do some business together. Maybe they don't know how to do something or I don't know how to do something or they're better at a certain part um, than I have. Have you seen that too? The actual doing business together more? Yeah, um, you and I have started working together. Uh, We did a long time ago, and then um, just recently we started working on some cases together. Um, I've worked on a few cases with uh, a buddy, uh, Mark Oliver, down in Jackson, and and that's been fun. Um, I I think that sometimes uh, being an out-of-town expert really does kind of help, even though it sounds uh, goofy and gimmicky. But when you can bring uh, somebody in who the other person doesn't know, you can just kind of sit back and let it roll and, you know, say, doesn't matter if we get it or not. You know, I'm here to tell you what's going on, what you need to pay attention to. And hopefully you're going to choose us to handle your insurance needs. And uh, I think sometimes when you can come in and you don't have that need for it, um, we are in Sandler training last week. And uh, the biggest thing that I kind of, picked up from that is said you always want it you don't need it and talking about the sale you're always going to want it but you don't need it and if you need it that's where you're at the disadvantage if you want it but you don't need it then the relationship is about you know you setting up the tone of it and uh, truly advising them and if you just have to realize you're not going to get them all but they they really have to be approached that way and that that's kind of I think fits into that mentality of coming in with an outside person, being able to say, hey, these are the things that you need to pay attention to, and I have nothing to lose here, so I'm going to tell you how it needs to be done. Um, Highly indifferent, deeply sincere. Yeah. Pretty easy. Yeah. Now, when it comes to my relationship with agents, and and everybody sitting here has heard me say that there are four types of people in the world. The people you like and trust, the people you don't like and trust, the people you like and don't trust, and the people you don't like and don't trust. Well, guess what? All, all of us sitting here want to hang around the people that we like and we can trust. Yeah. And you'll find that to be a small core group of people. Yeah. The people you like and don't trust you, you can still hang with them, but you don't trust anything that they're saying to them. I don't you mind drink you. beer with them. That's true. <laughs> you drink beer with them. I can be around the people I don't like and trust because I know that, that they. I believe that they are good people. They just We just don't have a, a good interpersonal relationship, sure. but I can trust what they're telling me. The, the people that you don't like and don't trust, you just stay the hell away from them because you know they're going to cause you trouble. Yeah. And you've had them. Yeah. You've oh, had yeah. them, and I've had them, and so have you. And you, and you have them, and you th- the farther you can get away from them, the better off that you are. Yep. Now that it, you're kind of the older agent, has it really changed from a mentoring standpoint? When did you start to see that change? When did um, agents really start reaching out? Because I know you get a decent amount. That, that reach out and ask for advice or ask for things? Or? I'm meeting with five agents tomorrow, all new ones, and they are, gonna, they are probably not going to like one thing I'm going to tell them, and I'm going to have a hell of a good time doing it. <laughs> I think, well, yeah. You going to talk about Facebook marketing? <laughs> <laughs> What's <Yeah>. Facebook? <laughs> the, my, age says a lot. Yeah. Your reputation says a lot. Yeah. Your, what company calls success says a lot. It was typically, but it's typically once you're in the business 15, 20 years, and you get people further and further and further behind you because your number is this and theirs is 4,000, you're 2,000, and all of a sudden you're my age and there's only five numbers ahead of yours now. Right. 
but it starts changing. For me, it started changing in my probably. I won my first DSA in the, when I was 43. It starts changing after that. When you when you win your second one, everything changes. That's just, and then all of a sudden people want to know what you're doing and how. And when you win four out of five, they don't care anymore. They want you to go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being I'm just being smart. But you, um, and there, and there's a balancing act in that. There are some people that are scared to death of you for some reason. That think that they don't know you. They don't know what you're like, and they. Um, they're not saying they uh, uh, they think you're better than them because you're not. They just don't know how to approach you, how to talk to you, and and they don't realize that you're just like them. But the mentoring part, I mean, I talk to people weekly. You know, uh, young agent that was all upset about a claim, and um, and he kept coming back to me and said, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm do this, I'm gonna do that." And I said, finally, I asked him how many people he had talked to. And I said to him, and he told me the number. I said, do you want your claim paid? He goes, yes. I said, quit talking to everybody else. I said, and here's what you do. So I gave him suggestions and ideas and thoughts to, to build his case of why the company should pay the claim versus not pay the claim. It doesn't mean they'll pay the claim, but you have to give them a reason to give consideration to it. And so he did. And the company, uh, the company did pay the claim. Okay? And... He, I had lunch with this same young man, and he started asking more questions. Once you, once they you realize these people realize that your knowledge and experience matters, and they can and they can help you, they, their ability to listen becomes much much greater. The young ones, I always believed this, you know, when I was a young age, the only, I mean, these guys that were my heroes at Farm Bureau were the most open and honest and willing to help you, and you didn't know that in the beginning, but they were more willing to help you than a lot of people were. The busy guys, the successful guys, if you asked them a question, they'd always answer it, and they'd always help you. I always figured I needed to return the favor. Okay. Um, closing today, what is one piece of advice that you would give an advisor? Just, I like what Mike said. Find a mentor. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, be open to suggestions on how to run your business. Yeah, um, I think the mentor is important. Um, I think showing up every day is important. I think uh, really getting to know clients, um, and I'm seeing it now, um, especially since my kids are, you know, uh, in, in middle school and being part of, you know, the Hazlitt East Lansing community, you know, that, that has made kind of, um, getting to know people, um, and then them understanding who you are and what you do. I think a lot of, a lot comes from that and seeing you as a member of the community and an insurance agent and have a family. And I think there's, I just think a lot of those factors work together, and I think those things can really, really help, and I think that, that changes, but um, I don't know. Did I answer the question? I don't think I did. I think, <laughs> I, just, I, think I just said things. Yeah. I don't think I answered Helping the question. We'll skip over to Jack then. You <laughs> mean to help young advisors? Yeah, just one piece of advice after what we talked about today. Well, I think that the no fear, tell the truth yeah. every time. Be honest. If you can't help them, tell them. If you tell them, they're more they're more likely to come back later because you were honest with them. I had to tell somebody that last week. 
your prices, your program is a little bit better than ours. Our, your prices are a little bit better than ours. I would love to do business with you, but this is the right thing to do right now is to stay right where you're at. Okay? Don't be afraid of anybody. Can I tell a story? Yeah, of course. 30 years ago, I'm 35 years old, new CEO, and name was Larry Thomas, and I asked for an appointment. And I uh, went and sat down, and Eric was arrogant, 35-year-old, and he says, why are you here? I says, you need more life insurance. He goes, why is that? I says, I can guarantee you your income went up from being one of the vice presidents to being the CEO. You have a family to take care of. He says, well, I have this, I have this, and I have this. I said, yeah. He goes, well, how much do you think I have, should have? I said, about two million. He says, I consider that an insult. And I thought for a minute, I said to myself, okay, what am I gonna do? I said, I don't care if you think it's an insult, this is the right thing to do. Well, he stood up. And I said, if I don't stand up, he wins. So I stood up and we're, we're three inches from each other and he's screaming at me and I looked at him and I said, I don't care if you buy a mother so-and-so thing for me, we're gonna talk about doing the right thing. And we screamed at each other for two minutes. The first one that sits down loses. Fortunately, he sat down first. I sit down, he looks at me, he says, okay, bring me the numbers, be here the same time next week. I walk out thinking I'm fired. Never said a word to me. Came back in the next week, gave him all the numbers, looked them all over, he said, thank you very much, I'll let you know. And from a respect standpoint, I had his respect after that. Never caused me a trouble, any trouble the rest of my career. I told him the truth. I was honest with him. Did he buy anything? Hope. <laughs> <laughs> this is the close to uh, episode two of Chalk Talk Insurance. <laughs>